I just said, F it. I'm just going to write online, see what comes out of it. In my mind, I was like, there's no way I'm going this other path. I'm just going to make this work no matter what. I just had that mindset. I wasn't comfortable writing online. I felt very vulnerable. I felt very exposed. The only reason I, I've seen progress in life was because I'm, I'm just willing to do uncomfortable shit until I figure it out. I look back on my journal entry sometimes. I can look back. Oh, when I had that stressor, it affected me in this way. I can look at that and understand my current situation a bit better. A lot of people, they'll look at these big players and be like, oh, I can't do that. You're looking at the finished product and, and not where they started. Dude, if you look at my content when I start so cringe you should always be looking back at your stuff and be like that was cringe <laughs> and it's a good sign because it shows you're growing one of the wilder backstories coming to you today this individual dropped out of school to go on and become an electrician and then a writer an entrepreneur and an authority in the creator space the internet's most widely sought-after ghostwriter. Please welcome none other than Mr. Dakota Robertson. How are you today, sir? Good, man. We're just going to pretend like you didn't just uh, say that that intro. This, <laughs> this was not the second take. This was all one take. It wasn't because one of us has bad internet. <laughs> and not be, because I was I missed the, the, the interview by like 45 minutes. <laughs> But yes, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Good, sir. It's awesome to have you on, man. Uh, I think like an opportune place to start would be asking you what makes for effective communication in your opinion? I think if you can make someone take action, whether it's you want them to buy something, whether you want them to actually do something that benefits them in their life, whether you want them to accept an idea or persuade them on an idea. I think effective communication is the art of transferring belief or an idea to somebody else. That's a deep thought right there. The art of transferring belief. And how do you think you came to that realization? I, I just thought about it a bunch of times. So I think back on my life and how it's, how communication has affected my life. Because the way I think about it is all communication is just thinking. Same with writing. Writing is just thinking. Writing is just transferring your thoughts onto page or a laptop with the goal of creating some kind of action. Because if it's like, what's the difference between a fortune cookie and a really good book? Fortune cookie is you read it, it's like, oh, that's cool. You don't do anything with it, right? But a really good book, that's going to make you take action. So the difference there is action, not writing or not just a speech or not just whatever. It's things that make you take action. That's that's what has an effect on your life. And you think, okay, what's the goal here? I'm not just writing to write. If you're writing to yourself, but if you're communicating with people or you're you're talking to people, what is the goal? You want them to do something. You want them to take action in their life. So I think that's the differentiator between okay writing and amazing writing is how much action you get them to take. And is it beneficial to them? Is it beneficial to you? Is it a win-win? But you didn't learn these lessons in school. So you have this like, <laughs> you have this like refinement to your writing and it's direct, it's to the point it's easily digestible and 
it seems to resonate with millions of people across the world. Like, how do you think about that? <laughs> I think about writing as was it the statue of David where he was, you know, chipping away the marble. Mm. He was just removing it. He, I forget what the quote is exactly, but he said it was the statue was already there. He was just, you know, removing the stuff yeah. that was covering it up. And I think about writing. I think it was, the same I way. think it was, I saw an angel in the marble. So I carved it out. Maybe that's Damn a different it. one. You got that. You got that unlock. <laughs> you're just you're prep with that. Jeez, you got ChatGPT implemented in your brain there. Give me that neural link. <laughs> it's one of my favorite quotes. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, bro, like, I remember when I first started writing for myself, not because it was academic. I was in such a shitty place because I was working 84 hours a week as an electrician in the freezing cold on oil and gas plants. And I was so, I was getting on the brink of depression because I was surrounded by miserable people and I didn't know where to turn. So I just turned to writing. I was, I'm just going to write my thoughts on paper in this journal and I'm just going to write about what I'm experiencing. And what I, what I found was the more I wrote, the more clarity I had on my situation, on my thoughts, on my beliefs. And it was, it was taking all this chaos that was in my head and it was transferring it to paper. And when it's on paper, you're forced to look at it. And when you're writing, you're forced to create a cohesive thought because thinking you just bounce thought to thought to thought on writing. If you're just bouncing from thought to thought to thought, it doesn't make sense. So I was forcing myself to really think about my situation, creating cohesive thoughts. Why do I think this? What are my thoughts on this? You know, how can I make an improvement in life? And it was, it was just taking that chaos or that, that marble and it was refining it onto the page. And I did that more and more. And I found not only did my thinking improve, but my ability to articulate myself and my ability to persuade or my ability to come up with solutions. So really at the end of the day, I think writing is focused thinking. And if you can think, you can communicate effectively. And I just noticed the benefits come from my life from writing. And then it just tenfolded when I started doing it on social media because I got that feedback from other people and I could tell what was resonating, what wasn't. And I was getting that data, which I think is really important. And it really helped my writing. And that's what's so interesting about your story in particular. You, you drop out of school to go become an electrician and you're hyper aware of your environment. And then your reaction is to go structure your thoughts kind of subconsciously. You're like, I need, there, there's, you even said it recently, you're either moving people away from pain or closer to desire. And so you're going away from pain in the way that you're going, and forgive me if I'm speaking on your behalf, obviously, but in my understanding, my interpretation is like, you're going away from pain to structure your thoughts and then slowly come into this realization of like, oh, this is how I think, this is how I feel, this is my opinion on whatever the subject matter is. So as you gain that clarity, how did you carve out this space for yourself? You're talking like, what made you feel comfortable writing online and sharing your thoughts in the first place? Dude, basically it was, I tried all these things in the past. Um, I tried being an electrician. I tried going to college 
I tried being a delivery driver. I tried eBay flipping, tried Amazon, FBA, all this shit. And I was, I just didn't like any of it. I was either because there's no freedom surrounded by miserable people, just wasn't aligned with my interest. And I was in such a big pain point. Oh, all those years of doing that and realizing I have no other option. I'm not going to, I'm, this path is not for me. I'm going to do whatever I can to make this work. So I was in my second year of college and I, I just, I was in this such a big pain point. And while I was in college, I was learning on Twitter from these, these uh, people in business entrepreneurship. And I was looking at, it, I'm like, okay, I got two paths here. I can walk the path that's traditional and safe, or I can go this other path where it's really unknown. I don't know what the hell is going to come of it, but I know what's waiting for me if I go continue on this one path. So I just said, it. And I went the path where I'm just going to write online, see what kind of comes out of it. I'm in my mind. I was like, there's no way I'm going this other path. I'm just going to make this work no matter what. I just had that mindset. And I, I wasn't comfortable writing online. I felt very vulnerable. I felt mm-hmm. very exposed. You know, it, it's, it's scary when you're doing something, you're putting your thoughts out there to be judged by everybody. You don't know what you're doing. You're just kind of like a blind person walking through a room, just feeling stuff and you're bumping into shit and it's, it's really uncomfortable. And that's the, I, I think that's the biggest thing with everything. Like the gym, when you're first starting out, when I first got in the gym, I was super insecure. I was that, that fat kid. And I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like an idiot and I was very uncomfortable. And I, I, I think the only reason I, I've seen progress in life was because I'm, I'm just willing to do uncomfortable shit mm-hmm. until I figure it out. And I'm just very stubborn and because I, I, I just know what's waiting for me if I don't do it. And I don't like that. I was moving away from pain, definitely. And I just did it. And I, I just slowly got better and better. And I think a prerequisite or something that just really helped me in every endeavor in life was getting fit because again, I had this big pain point. I was made fun of and I didn't like who I was. And I used that as fuel to actually go out, work my ass off, go in the gym. And slowly over time, I saw a little incremental progress, but it was still progress. And I was killing that old version of me and moving towards somebody that I did like into the person I wanted to become. And I actually transform my body. And that taught me a valuable lesson where if you just do the right thing for a long enough time period, you will see results. And that's the mindset I I adopted when it came to online business and creating content. So I was very fortunate to be taught that lesson early on. But dude, the whole time is super uncomfortable. I mean, I definitely got a lot more comfortable later on. But first nine, 12 months writing online, I was very uncomfortable. I had people, you know, comment on my stuff and talk shit or whatever. I still get that all the time. I don't care. But before it's like, it was a big deal because, you know, you're like, yeah, who am I to write my thoughts out there? Who they don't care. You know, I'm just this person, but that's the price you have to pay to become the person you want to become. You got to go through that, that struggle. I, I love that. The last part where you're talking about, you're effectively paying the price and experience and that is a price worth paying. You have to put yourself in the position you have to be able to endure. And obviously physical fitness is a massive metaphor for life. And it's almost like you, did you ever read the body keeps the score? This episode is brought to you by slate milk. 
Slate Milk is a protein chocolate drink that gives you all the necessary energy after you have finished a hard training session or also serves as an awesome snack, whether it's hot or cold. I commute two hours a day to my job. And every single day after I train, I'm looking for a quick snack or post-workout drink that I don't have to spend time making. So I go into my fridge, I take out my slate, and I hit the road as fast as I can and enjoy my drink on the way to work. That's the way that I personally like to enjoy it because there's so many different flavors. So in the morning, the mocha flavor with the caffeine definitely hits. I can also recommend you check out their other flavors. It is a phenomenal brand. They are the number one partner of the UFC. You can actually go to their website, slatemilk.com, type in the code INSPIRED for 10% off your first order. So go ahead, type in the code INSPIRED at slatemilk.com to get 10% off your first order today. This episode is brought to you by Promix. Promix is an energy supplement brand that provides a whole plethora of different products from protein cereal bars to protein shakes, probiotic, prebiotic, deep low products, along with electrolytes and the list goes on. Promix is the supplement that I go to for all of my health needs. It has been a game changer for me over the last few months. After the 1000 pull-up challenge, my immune system was compromised in ways that were super uncomfortable. I kept getting sick and I knew I needed to level up my game. I didn't place enough value on supplements, but I do now. I spent some time, I did my research, and Promix is the brand that I decided to work with because my immune system is finally in check. So go check out Promix.com and type in the code inside the inspired to get 20% off your first order today. That's right. Go to Promix.com to get 20% off your first order today with the code inside the inspired. No, but I've heard about Joe Dispenza a lot. No, no, no. Different author. This is by an MD, actually, oh. uh, Bessel van der Kolk. And Oops. so he talks about I have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, the correlation. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about the correlation between body awareness and mental awareness. The more body awareness you have, the more mental awareness you gain. And I found that to be so true because I had already kind of gone through that physical transformation to the point where it's like, oh, this food doesn't like sit well with me. Oh, like when I do that, I don't feel good and therefore I need to change my behavior. And I started to develop this level of self-awareness that I also started to read stoicism where the world just seemed to make more sense. It's like, oh, I can control my feelings. I don't have to absorb every thought I have. Like I can kind of control my thoughts and as a result control my feelings and journaling is a massive tool that I leveraged at the outset but I'm curious how that experience of writing was it therapeutic was it how was it in discovering your writing voice what was that process it really it forced me to sit down and think about my current situation and where I was at. I don't know if it really developed my writing voice, but it, my writing voice is just, 
I will I will speak when I write. And I get shit from this from from my roommate right now all the time because I'll I'll literally speak as I'm writing because that's just how I subconsciously create my writing voice. Because if it doesn't sound like how I speak, then I won't write it. But I, I I find journaling is more of a tool to come up with ideas or, or really understand my thoughts on things. And then I will think, okay, how do I want to communicate this? How would I say this with my voice, if that makes sense? So I mm-hmm. kind of separate the ideas and the voice. Um, but it, it was really like, I, I look back on my journal entry sometimes and it's really eye-opening on how I viewed the world and how I viewed my situation. And it gives me a lot of context on my situation now because I can look back on journal entries and see, oh, when I had that stressor, it affected me in this way. And, you know, I have the stressor now and it's affecting me in this different way or maybe in a similar way. And I, I can kind of look at, I can look at that and understand my current situation a bit better, if that makes sense. It does make a lot of sense where I like the fact that you go back and reflect. That is, why do you do that? Because it it really gives me context on my situation. So I can look back. I do this often, but I look back on journal entries and I see what was I thinking during a particular situation or a stressor? And what did I, what moves was I making to overcome that? What did I predict was going to happen? Did that kind of come true? It just allows me to analyze my thought process and see, okay, was that effective or was that, was that not effective? And it it gives me context on my current situation because I'll have, it might not be the same stressor or the same situation, but I can look at what I did in the past. Was that that good? And then implement that now. It's also cool too, because you get to see your progress. Mm. So I can, I, I've seen, I've kept a journal since 2018 and I, it's cool to see the evolution of my thinking or how I perceive stuff and my outlook on life. And it's, it's really cool. And I also, I also track stories and, and, and experiences I want to, you know, keep fresh in my mind. I remember I, I traveled to Asia for three months. I wrote Every single I document every single day that happened during that, so I can relive that experience. Stuff I would have totally forgot, it's all right there, and it wow. just the nostalgia comes back because it's something I have forever, which I'm very grateful grateful for. That's awesome because you can kind of replay those movies in your head and think back to those feelings and experiences. Kind of like you said, it's nostalgic. So when I read your content now and I see how simple it is and how powerful it is because it's so simple. Bruce Lee, right? Simplicity is brilliant. How did you kind of carve out or start to find that writing voice where you realized this is the way, this is my voice? Definitely took a lot of consistency and, you know, at the start, I, I definitely emulated a lot of people and I looked at their style and I, I heavily, I was heavily emulating it. I wasn't copying it or plagiarizing, but I was, I took a lot of influence from it. And I was like, Oh, I like this piece that how this person does that, or, or how, you know, this person over here does that, you know, I'm going to kind of combine all these over time. And it, 
I also grew my confidence too, as I, I grew my competence and it, it allowed me to, I think that's the biggest thing. I think everyone has a voice. They just don't have the confidence to share it mm. or to, to be themselves. And I just found the more confidence I grew, the more I was just like, I'm just going to do me. I make the most ridiculous email subject lines. Like one was how to turn diarrhea into gold, like just stupid <laughs> shit like that. I just think it's funny. And it, it, it resonates with people because I'm just being me yeah. and it definitely puts off a lot of people Sure, because you know, I'm, I'm not super professional. I'm not corporate, but it resonates with a lot of people because a lot of people relate to the goofiness or the weirdness. And I'm, I feel like me being vulnerable, not just with heavy stories and, and stuff I've talked about in the past, but me being vulnerable with my comedy and I, I, I can never get a fucking job again. If someone was to look at my social media, there's no way. You don't need it. So I just accepted the point. Exactly. I just accepted the point where, you know, I'm just going to say whatever I want and just put it out there. And it's just that confidence really instilled it because I just think about, okay, who am I? And, you know, how am I talk? How would I talk to a friend? I think that's the biggest thing with people. You know, people want to sound really professional or corporate and all that. And that's fine and dandy. But if I'm talking to a friend, I'm joking around. I, I use slang. I you know, use goofy analogies or whatever. But I, I also try to explain things very simply because I'm not trying to sound smart. I'm trying to convey an idea. I'm trying to persuade someone. I'm trying to have them take action on something. And if they're confused by the words I'm using or if I'm using this very verbose way of putting things to try to explain something, then that's me trying to feed my ego and me, not me trying to explain something mm -hmm. or persuade someone or to help somebody. So I think about the reader first or the viewer. How can I explain this in very simple terms in a way that's funny because I just like funny shit and just sounds like I would tell a friend. And that's the approach I take. I was thinking about this recently because we're kind of polar opposites. I spent eight years in school, man. I went to college, law school, and business school. And through all of that, I'm asking you writing advice. Now, I know how to write. I know how to compose a memo, an email. I am corporate. There's also a bit of an edge to who I am naturally. But that's been callous through experience, military, DA, like, public service in general like but none of that taught me how to write exactly because in the law it's also about precision it's about using your words deliberately and it's all about brevity so i learned how to make my point and cut through all the unnecessary adjectives and verbose words. <laughs> so the point that I'm making is I understand the concept of simplicity. I understand how X or Twitter, I, I just got on it maybe like six months ago. So, but I've followed your content for longer through Instagram and getting to know you through your content and then we have a mutual friend who introduced us was like very eye-opening because you're you are funny you are cool but you're also very serious you're also very intense 
And like that comes across too in the simplicity. I'm an intense guy, so I know I want to see it too. And I think it's a great thing, honestly, because you're you're pushing people to action, right? And that's something that you talked about at the top. It's all about action. And, you know, I think this is kind of like a long-winded way of saying you have two different paths, right? Eight years of school and everyone's on their own path, right? But I'm just talking in general for the purpose of like becoming a good writer. Eight years in school, drops out and then goes to make it as an internet entrepreneur and both successful, right? But I find that your ability to influence, my ability to persuade in a courtroom otherwise, like obviously has its place. But your ability to influence behavior, it doesn't just apply to you. You actually can embrace other characters, right? And so that's part of what your business actually is, ghostwriting. I've heard you talk about how when you write on behalf of someone else, you have to embrace that character. How do you help someone else find their voice? A lot of it, you know, it's funny because I coach people with this, but a lot of it, I just ask them questions. I'm not telling them what to do. I'll ask them questions. So they'll ask me, you know, I, I just don't know how to, I just write so much and I don't know how to simplify it. And I'm like, all right. You know, so they're like, tell me what they're trying to write about. I'm okay. What are, what are you trying to write about? And they're, they're like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, tell them X, Y, Z. I'm like, okay, why is that important? Hmm. And they'll tell me. I'll, I'll say, I'll say in one sentence, tell me what it is. In one sentence, tell me why that's important. In one or three sentences, tell me how somebody can take action on what you're talking about. And they'll, they'll, they'll tell me it. I'm like, there you go. I just ask them questions. I find, I find coaching or, or consulting is just asking the right questions mm. because a lot of the time, especially with writing people, they know what to say. They just don't, they're asking for permission. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. People pay you thousands of dollars and they're just, they're just looking for permission. I do it too, but they're looking for permission to say what they, they want because they've been conditioned their whole lives raise your hand to speak, you know, don't say this, don't do this, go do that. And they're fucking scared because they've been trained their whole life to do what others tell you and, and to go on your own, you need, they're again, looking for someone to tell them what to do. And my job is to try to train them to be independent or to, to build that confidence. But I understand there's so much mindset at the start because I've actually went through this as well, but a lot of it, I'm trying to show them like, look, it's so simple. You just did that on your own. I just asked you questions. You're the one that came up with the answer. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to teach them how to fish and not fish for them. But yeah, man, it's just asking questions. Like, or you, this is a common one a lot of coaches will do. It's like, what do you think you should do with anything? And they'll say, well, I think blah, blah, blah. And then the guy's like, I think that's correct. Like a lot of the time people just know what to do. Wow. They just need that permission. It's It's funny. That was very powerful the way that you phrased it where it's like yes the permission aspect is key knowing what questions is key but the confluence of it all where people have been conditioned their whole lives to ask for permission right and you're stepping back where you're like listen i'll take your money kindly i know you trust me 
I I like can't believe I get to do this. I'm gonna help you. <laughs> it's not disingenuous, but it's straight up like there's only a few real questions that you need to ask yourself in order to make sense of the words that you want to share with the world, distill it down, and then refine it over time. It's like with training, it's when you when you were talking about it earlier, and I think I forgive me if I'm not accurate when I share this, but I think you once also kind of drew a parallel between writing and getting jacked, like make your writing jacked. That was, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. it re- it resonated with me because training for me is the greatest metaphor that is life. And I understand, I was interviewing Kenny Santucci yesterday and we were talking about how he's done these marathons and Ironman and I've done some really hard things too anyone that listens to the show at this point is very familiar with my athletic background. Um, But I asked them to articulate why doing hard things physically is important in the carryover into the real world. Like I know in my heart why I do them. I can articulate like the actual value in doing hard things for my soul. But when it comes to why someone else who isn't motivated to work out, it's it's very difficult because I know it has to come from the person. If it doesn't come from them, it'll never happen. And like, it's almost the same kind of thing with writing where you have to be emotionally fit. You have to be like, I mean, even just listening to your vocabulary, man, like, it's got this Ryan Holiday kind of vibe to it, right? Where he also didn't go to school and he's gone on to write on how many bestsellers? Is there a book in your future? Yes, but I want to accumulate experience, more experience first because I feel like there's so much more I need to learn. And if I'm going to write a book, it's not going to be for the money. It's going to be to transfer knowledge and, and what I know. And I think there's still a lot I need to learn. So yeah, definitely, definitely in the future, I'd like to pass something on then, but I, I don't think it, nothing super soon, but yeah, definitely the future. And so when you think about that parallel that I was, you know, addressing like on this random rant, getting fit, making your writing jacked, what is that formula? You're talking about years and years and I think years, it, right? What like what is that formula? I think it it all comes down to stressors. The only reason you grow muscle is because you place stress upon your body. You eat the right nutrients to build back and recover, and then you go back, do the same thing, maybe add a little bit more stress, and then boom, you're you're stronger. So you're just doing that over a consistent period of time. Like you wouldn't go to the gym and immediately deadlift 500 pounds. Unless you're some kind of freak. Uh, get some trend in you. But, you know, a lot of people, <laughs> trend bologna sandwiches. Um, but a lot of people, they'll, they'll, they'll look at these big players and be like, oh, I can't do that. Or I'm, I'm not there. They'll compare their, their writing or content, whatever. And they'll compare it with people ahead of them. I, I still do this. Mm-hmm. I, got to catch myself doing it but it's just looking at it's like you're not you're looking at the finished product and and not where they started you look at all these people dude if you look at my content 
when I started, so cringe. It was so it's. I look back at shit I wrote a week ago. I'm like, that's cringe. <laughs> I think that's the that's the evolution of it. You should always be looking back at your stuff and be like, that was cringe. <laughs> and it's a good sign because it shows you're growing. And I think realizing, you know, what you're going through right now, whether you're creating cringy content or it's just absolutely ass, and just looking at that and realizing, oh, this is I'm paying my dues right now. Like this is the this is the price I have to pay to be excellent over time. It's just all par par for the course. I think one of the things that's kind of going unnoticed in this conversation is like when I ask questions, when you answer them, we're talking like anybody can do it. I think that the writing habit is important, but like not everyone can be an NBA player. Not everyone can be, you know, like a professional doctor or or a lawyer, or a writer, or anything like that. How can, in your view, someone kind of come to that truth about, is this writing really for me? Is this is this choice really up my alley? Yeah, I think this is a, something a lot of people go through. They see entrepreneurs or, or creators, and they think, oh, you know, they got such a great life. When they're perfectly happy working a nine to five or or whatever they're doing, and then you get caught up in the the narrative of people saying, "Oh, if you work a nine to five, you're a slave," or "Oh, if you if you're not making a hundred thousand dollars a month, you're a loser, a brokey," and it can create this false desire people have when they otherwise would have been happy. So it's you got to be really cognizant of okay, is this my thought or is this something that was implanted in me? But I think the main thing is, man, like looking at what your current situation is and are you fulfilled? And it, it's, I don't know if, I think you feel it. You, just, yeah. like, you know, do I wake up with excitement? Do I actually look forward to going to work or, or am I, you know, am I taking care of my family or am I doing what's important in my life? If you don't feel that, then I think that might be a sign. Okay. Yeah. Maybe this writing thing or this entrepreneurship thing is a path I can take. But you won't know until you try it. Like the thing with me, man, I stumbled. Writing wasn't my first thing. I didn't just wake up. Oh, I'm going to be a writer. Mm -hmm. I tried a bunch of different stuff like day trading, eBay flipping, Amazon FBA, <laughs> repairing iPhones and flipping them. And I just didn't. I was just like, I don't really get anything from this. And then I stumbled across creating content and writing. And I was like, oh, I actually like this. This is cool. And I actually enjoyed it. And I, I came obsessed with it. That's and then I I got the the dopamine hit from you know getting likes and all that and I think that really built that interest in it. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people would enjoy stuff if they were good at it. And I think a lot of people don't don't become successful or or think it's not for them because they they don't build up the enough reward patterns or you know, the dopamine hits. But if you're really good at something, you're probably going to enjoy it. Like you could, if I was really good at tap dance, Icelandic tap dancing or something, I'd probably like, I love this shit. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> I was in tap dancing for a little bit as a kid. I hated it. Um, but if I was really good at it, I probably would have got the dopamine hits of, you yeah. know, the recognition and status and all that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I really love this. And I want to make a career being an Irish Icelandic tap dance stripper or something. Yeah. But, wow. um, yeah, it's it's really it's really yeah, OnlyFans coming soon. Um, 
but it's it's really it's it's i don't know i think anyone can like anything but just looking at uh what your current situation is do you like it no okay try something else do you like that no okay try something else but it's it's important to give it that give it enough consistency and and actually see um before kind of moving on to the next thing a couple more questions for you I kind of alluded to it earlier about getting into character of another individual that you ghostwrite for, and I didn't get to finish the sequence of thought because I got carried away in my own. But when you're conveying opinions that aren't your own, and you have to kind of compartmentalize, how do you speak in someone else's voice? They... So when you go straight for somebody, I, well, in my process, I interview them. And during that interview, it's like one to three hours. I will recognize patterns of speech they will use. So I had an Australian client that would say mate a lot or gents a lot. And I use that in his writing. And with his thoughts, I would ask him questions. The key is asking good questions that they write for you. They write for you. Because all I'm doing is I'm asking them questions on things that I will later turn to content, but I'm recording that call and then I'll transcribe that call after. All the writing's there. I'm, I just know the rules of the game that make shit work or yeah. will get, get clicks. And if they say something in paragraph three that I think should be at the headline to get attention, I'll move it there. So I'm really just learning... I'm recognizing the patterns that what make for good content. I'm asking good questions and I'm, I'm turning their words into content that tends to do well when placed in a certain sequence. So I'm really just, yeah, I'm asking the questions that allow them to explain themselves or explain their opinions or their worldviews, their stories, their authority. And I'm just taking that and maybe I'll change a few words to make it, you know, better for content, but it just comes down to asking good questions and actually listening. And I'm actually curious. I'm a very curious person. So I'll ask more questions like, okay, why that though? And it, it just allows me to really get in their brain. And over time, I just kind of, yeah, I don't know. I probably have bipolar by now from all the people <laughs> I've written for, but <laughs> I'm crazy <laughs> just just start changing my accent the midway through the interview <laughs> i'd be like and thank you very much for your time yeah <laughs> this is why you don't meet people on the internet no, no i'm kidding yeah yeah stay away from, stay for stay away from strangers <laughs> but like actually man it's a really cool process i find that like the docu I, the transparency of it is one thing and then two like the actual documentation of the process itself the tools that you leverage fascinating truly and then what makes for an effective question in your view does it show who the person is and th th this can be does it share a piece of their story does it convey a strong lesson they've learned does it convey an emotion they have because that's that's the stuff that that's the energy that transfers to other people. It's not these I call them fortune cookie tweets or posts. But if you 
you can tell like the writing or the the videos that have substance to them or, or something that are charged with an emotion charged with an experience or charged with a story charged with something that will make people take action and asking questions asking questions that convey it really simply so when i ask questions of my ghostwriting clients i'll ask them what is what is this thing okay just explain it to me simply and then again why why do you believe this or why is this important or why should people do this why shouldn't people do this okay how can someone take action on this and just asking those three questions it really simplifies it all because it's like this you're hitting all the boxes there okay what why how and that i just constantly ask that with my writing with clients writing with coaching clients writing because it it forces you to simplify the, the the core of the idea and then from there once you have the core of the idea sure then you can add the funny analogies then you can add whatever you know pizzazz style but i think it really starts from first principles if, okay i have this idea now let's dress it up right so school kind of teaches you add all these fancy words add all this jargon and you're just overdressed mm -hmm. you know you're going to this casual event you got a top hat and a fucking cane and it's like okay first we need to undress everything you need to get naked you know uh so and then once you're naked then you can dress it up for the appropriate event so if i'm going to a formal event okay let's dress it up or if i'm going to a kid's birthday party let's you know dress it up casual or whatever or clown suit whatever you want to do so it's really just taking the core idea, okay, what impact do I want to have? Who's the audience? And then dress it up accordingly. So I've had an awesome time hanging out with you tonight, man. It has been a long time coming. It's really cool to get some insights from your brain. I know you've provided immense amounts of value for the audience tonight, myself included. I'm so excited to go back, listen to this take notes, learn, go back, look at my own writing, iterate, see how I can improve, enhance the quality of my voice, and add value to people around me. This has been really, really fantastic. There's a question that I pose to all my guests that I'm not going to pose to you. If the future version of yourself from 10 years from now, assuming he's in that ideal spot, were to fly in and offer you some advice in order to get there, what do you think he would say to you? Organize your life better. <laughs> <laughs> that's something. I, that's something I'm, I'm I'm working on right now because I I was really like you know just get the stuff done blah blah blah. But I've realized in order to scale to the level I want to scale, I have to have I have to organize things a lot better because right now is I mean I'm a lot better now, but just not having systems or processes in place it's it eats up mental energy yeah because if you're spending energy repeating tasks that should be delegated or systemated systemated systemized or automated then that takes away from your creative flow or your energy and you can't put your all into what you're great at so i've realized yes systems are boring to me yes automations are boring to me but it's very important that I put these systems in place once and then then I just buy back all this time and energy. So yeah, definitely uh older grandpa version of me is telling me uh yeah, get get your your stuff organized a lot better. That 36-year-old version of you is a grandpa? Bruh. 
you're gonna have wrinkles, gray hair, <laughs> dying OnlyFans career. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dakota Robertson, please let the audience know where they can keep up with your journey. Yeah, so I'm I'm on mainly on Twitter. Well, I'm on all the platforms, but Twitter's my favorite at wrongs to write W R I T E on Instagram at yo Dakota on YouTube at Hey Dakota on LinkedIn at Dakota Robertson at threads at yo Dakota. <laughs> I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm under your bed. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. And, and guys, if you're listening to this, we had a shit show going through this podcast. Uh, John's <laughs> wife is starving. John starving. So if you could just rate this podcast wow. on wherever you're listening, give it a five star. Because if you don't, then John and his wife are going to starve to death and it's all going to be for nothing. So um, please do that. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. This was a blast. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me.